The Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham, adapted by Bart Meehan, directed by Tony Turner, with original music by Glenn Gore Phillips. The cast includes Nicky Hunter as the narrator, Elaine Noon as Mole, Geoffrey Borney as Ratty, Tony Turner as Toad, Graham Robertson as Badger, Nigel Palfreyman as Otter, Lainey Hart as the jailer's daughter and the bargewoman, and Neil MacLeod as the magistrate, the engine driver and the gypsy. The Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham A Paper Moon Theatre production in association with Artsound FM Episode 1 The River Bank had been working very hard all the morning, spring-cleaning his little home, first with brooms, then with dusters, then on ladders and steps and chairs, then with a brush and a pail of whitewash, till he had dust in his throat and eyes and splashes of whitewash all over his black fur and an aching back and weary arms. Spring was moving in the air above, and in the earth below, and around him, penetrating even his dark and lonely little house, with its spirit of divine discontent and longing. It was small wonder, then, that he suddenly flung down his brush on the floor. Bother! Hang spring cleaning! And he bolted out of the house without even waiting to put on his coat. Something up above was calling him imperiously, and he made for the steep little tunnel which led to the gravelled carriage drive owned by animals whose residences are nearer to the sun and air. Up we go, up we go. He climbed and climbed until at last, pop, his snout came out into the sunlight and he found himself rolling in the warm grass of a great meadow. Well, this is fine. This is better than whitewashing. The sunshine struck hot on his fur. Soft breezes caressed his heated brow, and after the seclusion of the cellarage in which he had lived for so long, the carol of happy birds fell on his dulled hearing almost like a shout. Jumping up, he ran across the meadow till he reached the hedge on the further side, where an elderly rabbit blocked the way and demanded sixpence for the privilege of passing. Rather than getting a toll, the old fellow was bowled over in an instant. 
This really is too good to be true. Birds building, flowers budding, leaves thrusting, everything happy and progressive and occupied. He thought his happiness was complete when he suddenly found himself standing by the edge of a river. Never in his life had he seen a river before. This sleek, sinuous, full-bodied animal chasing and chuckling, gripping things with a gurgle and leaving them with a laugh. The mole was bewitched, entranced, fascinated. He sat on the grass looking across the river and noticed a dark hole in the bank opposite, just above the water's edge. That's a curious thing. Is that an eye winking at me? And is that a face? Indeed, it was a face. A little brown face with whiskers and small, neat ears and thick, silky hair. It was, in fact, the water rat. The two animals stood and regarded each other cautiously. Hello, Mole. Hello, Rat. Would you like to come over? And how do you suggest I do that? The rat said nothing, but stooped and unfastened a rope and hauled on it, then lightly stepped into a little boat which the mole had not seen before. It was painted blue and was just the size for two animals. The rat sculled smartly across and made fast. Then he held up his forepaw as the mole stepped gingerly down. Oh, my! How wonderful! Do you know I've never been in a boat before in all my life? What? Never been in a... You ne you've never... Well, I... What have you been doing then? Well, you make it sound as though boating is the only thing to do. Oh, believe me, my young friend, there is nothing, absolutely nothing, half so much worth doing as simply messing about in boats. Simply messing about in boats. Messing... Look ahead, Rat! Watch out! But it was too late. The boat struck the bank full tilt. <laughs> The dreamer, the joyous oarsman, lay on his back at the bottom of the boat, his heels in the air. Are you all right? <laughs> fine, absolutely fine, my dear Mole. <laughs> Boats, marvellous things. Wonderful, truly wonderful. In or out of them, it doesn't matter. Nothing seems to matter. That's the charm of it. Whether you get away or whether you don't, whether you arrive at your destination or whether you reach somewhere else or whether you never get anywhere at all, you're always busy and you never do anything in particular. And when you've done it, there's always something else to do. And you can do it if you like, but you'd much better not. <laughs> Look here, if you've really nothing else on hand this morning, Supposing we drop down the river together and have a long day of it? Really? Oh, what a day I'm having. So much better than whitewashing. Can we start at once? And so they did, with Mole absorbed in his new life, 
intoxicated with the sparkle, the ripple, the scents and the sounds and the sunlight as he trailed a paw in the water and dreamed long waking dreams, while Ratty, like the good little fellow he was, sculled steadily on in silence so as not to disturb him. Finally, it was Mole who broke the reverie. I beg your pardon, Ratty. You'll think me very stupid. But all this is so new to me. So this is a river? The river? And you really live by it? What a jolly life! By it and with it and on it and in it. It's brother and sister to me. And aunts and company and food and drink and washing. <laughs> it's my world and I don't want any other. What it hasn't got is not worth having. And what it doesn't know is not worth knowing. Oh, Lord, the times we've had together, whether in winter or summer, spring or autumn, it's always got its fun and its excitements. <laughs> when the floods are on in February and my cellars and basement are brimming with drink that's no good to me, and the brown water runs by my best bedroom window, or when it all drops away and shows patches of mud that smells like plum cake and the rushes and weed clog the channels and I could potter about dry-shod over most of the bed of it and find fresh food to eat and things careless people have dropped out of boats. But isn't it a bit dull at times? Just you and the river and no one else to pass a word with? No one else to... Well, I mustn't be hard on you. You're new to it, and of course you don't know. The bank is so crowded nowadays that many people are moving away altogether. Oh, no, it isn't what it used to be at all. Otters, kingfishers, gabchicks, moorhens, all of them about all day long and always wanting to do something, as if a fellow had no business of his own to attend to. Lies over there. It's very dark and that. Ooh, that's the wild wood. <laughs> we don't go there very much, we riverbankers. Aren't they? Aren't they very nice people in there? Well, let me see. Oh, the squirrels are all right, and the rabbits. Well, some of them, but rabbits are a mixed lot. And then there's Badger, of course. He lives right in the heart of it. Wouldn't live anywhere else, either, if you paid him to do it. Dear old Badger. Nobody interferes with him. They'd better not. Why, who should interfere with him? Well, of course, there are others. Weasels, stoats, and foxes and so on. They're all right in a way. I'm very good friends with them. Pass the time of day when we meet and all that, but they break out sometimes. There's no denying it. And then, well, you can't really trust them, and that's a fact. And beyond the wild wood, where it's all blue and dim, and you can see those ribbons of smoke. Beyond the wild wood comes the wide world, my young friend. And that's something that doesn't matter either to you or me. I've never been there and I'm never going, 
nor you either, if you've got any sense at all. Don't ever refer to it again, please. Now then, here's our backwater at last, where we're going to lunch. Leaving the mainstream, Mole and Ratty passed into what seemed at first sight like a little landlocked lake. Green turf sloped down to either edge and brown snaky tree roots gleamed below the surface of the quiet water. It was so very beautiful that the Mole could only hold up both forepaws and gasp. Ratty brought the boat alongside the bank, made her fast, helped the still awkward Mole safely ashore and swung out a picnic basket. Can I unpack our lunch, Ratty? I mean, I've never done this before and I really want to experience everything. Oh, it's marvellous, Ratty. There's so much. It's only what I always take on these little excursions. Cold chicken, cold tongue, cold ham, cold beef, pickled gherkin salad, French rolls, cress sandwiches, potted meat, ginger beer, lemonade, soda water... Oh, <laughs> oh stop! Stop! <laughs> I can't stand it! <laughs> All right then, young Moly. I'll just stretch out here on the grass and leave you to it. You can call me when everything's ready. Moe shook out the tablecloth and spread it, then took out all the mysterious packets one by one and arranged their contents in due order. Oh, my! Oh, my! It's all so wonderful! When all was ready, he woke Ratty and they ate and ate, until they were ready to burst and patted their stomachs in satisfaction. Well, that was very fine. Very fine indeed. What are you looking at? There's a streak of bubbles travelling along the surface of the water. Bubbles? A broad, glistening muzzle showed itself above the edge of the bank, and the otter hauled himself out, and shook the water from his coat. Greedy beggars. Why didn't you invite me, Ratty? It was an impromptu affair. We just up and decided to go boating on... Oh, by the way, this is my friend, Mr Mole. I'm very pleased to meet you, Mr Otter. Pleased to meet you as well. Such a rumpus everywhere. All the world seems to be out on the river today. I came up to this backwater to try and get a moment's peace. And then stumble upon you fellows. At least, I beg your pardon. I don't exactly mean that, you know. There was a rustle behind them, proceeding from a hedge wherein last year's leaves still clung thick, and a stripy head with high shoulders behind it peered out on them. Why, it's old Badger! The Badger trotted forward a pace or two, then grunted and turned his back and disappeared from view. <laughs> That's just the sort of fellow he is. Simply hates society. Now we shan't see any more of him today. Well, tell us, Otter, who's out on the river? Toad's out for one, in his brand new wager boat. New togs, new everything. <laughs> oh, once it was nothing but sailing. Then he tired of that and took to punting. Nothing would please him but to punt all day and every day. 
and a nice mess he made of it. Last year it was houseboating and we all had to go and stay with him in his houseboat and pretend we liked it. He was going to spend the rest of his life in a houseboat. <laughs> it's all the same, whatever he takes up, he gets tired of it and starts on something fresh. Such a good fellow too, but no stability, <laughs> especially in a boat. From where they sat, they could get a glimpse of the main stream across the island that separated them. And just then, a wager boat flashed into view. The rower, a short, stout figure, splashing badly and rolling a good deal, but working his hardest. Ratty stood up and hailed him, but Toad, for it was he, shook his head and settled sternly to his work. He'll be out of the boat in a minute if he rolls like that. Yeah, of course he will. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that good story about Toad and the lockkeeper? It happened this way. Toad, last summer, was out in his new boat. An errant mayfly flew lazily over the river, and in a sudden swirl of water, the mayfly was visible no more. And neither was the otter. Mole looked down. The voice was still in his ears, but the turf where he'd sprawled was clearly vacant. Not an otter to be seen. But again... There was a streak of bubbles on the surface of the river. Ratty hummed a tune, and the mole recollected that animal etiquette forbade any sort of comment on the sudden disappearance of one's friends at any moment, for any reason, or no reason, whatever. Well, well, I suppose we ought to be moving. I wonder which of us had better pack the luncheon basket. Oh. Please, let me. And of course, Ratty let him. But of course, packing the basket was not quite as pleasant as unpacking the basket. It never is. The afternoon sun was getting low as Ratty sculled gently homewards in a dreamy mood, murmuring poetry things to himself and not paying much attention to Mole. But the mole was very full of lunch and self-satisfaction and pride and already quite at home in a boat and was getting a bit restless besides. Ratty, please, I want to row now. Uh, not yet, my young friend. Wait until you've had a few lessons. It's not as easy as it looks. Please let me. I've been watching you all this time and I think I know how it's done. Here. I just grab those no, skulls no, 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 and then I put them it, in the water yes, you and can't then I do it. Back You'll have us over. And then back and... Mole flung the skulls back with a flourish and made a great dig at the water. He missed the surface altogether. His legs flew up above his head and he found himself lying on top of the prostate ratty. Greatly alarmed, he made a grab at the side of the boat and the next moment, Mole and the picnic basket fell out of the boat. Oh my, how cold the water was and how very wet it felt. How it sang in his ears as he went down, down, down. How bright and welcome the sun looked as he rose to the surface, coughing and spluttering. 
How black was his despair when he felt himself sinking again. Then a firm paw gripped him by the back of his neck. <laughs> so you know how it's done, do you? <laughs> I think you'd better learn to swim before you make any more attempts at rowing. <laughs> Here, I put you up on the bank. Now, trot up and down on the towing path as hard as you can till you warm and dry again while I dive for the picnic basket. So the dismal animal, wet and ashamed, trotted about while Ratty plunged into the water to recover the basket and other floating property that had flown out of the boat during the reckless act of piracy. When all was ready for a start once more, Mole, limp and dejected, took his seat in the stern of the boat. Ratty, I am very sorry for my foolish and ungrateful conduct. My heart fails me when I think how I might have lost that beautiful picnic basket. And now you are soaked through. I have been a complete ass and I know it. Will you overlook it this once and forgive me? And let things go on as before. That's all right. Bless you. <laughs> What's a little wet to a water rat? I'm more in the water than out of it most days. Don't you think any more about it. And look here. I really think you had better come and stop with me for a little time. It's very plain and rough, you know. Not like Toad's house at all. But you haven't seen that yet. Still... I can make you comfortable, and I'll teach you to row and to swim, and you'll soon be as handy on the water as any of us. Mole was so touched by his kindness that he could find no voice to answer, and he had to brush away a tear or two with the back of his paw. When they got home, Ratty made a bright fire in the parlour and planted Mole in an armchair in front of it. He fetched down a dressing gown and slippers and gave him a supper of thickly sliced bread smothered in jam and then told him river stories. Very thrilling stories they were, too, to an earth-dwelling animal like Mole. Stories about weirs and sudden floods and leaping pike and steamers that flung hard bottles. Oh. At least, bottles were certainly flung, and from steamers, so presumably by them. And about herons, and how particular they were who they spoke to. And about adventures down drains, and night fishings with otter, or excursions far afield with badger. Oh, that's all so wonderful, Ratty. So exciting. Oh, you're tired, my young friend. I think we must call it a night. Oh, no, please, some more stories. What about this chap, Toad? Is he an adventurer as well? Toad, an adventurer? Well, I suppose you could say that. <laughs> I would like to meet him and... Oh, oh and Mr Badger. You, you will, but not tonight. Ratty escorted a very sleepy mole upstairs and being a considerate host gave him the best bedroom where he laid his head on the pillow listening to his new-found friend the river lapping at the sill of his window. 
What a wonderful day. The very best of days. I will never waste another whitewash. It was true that this was the best of days, but it was only the first of many for the emancipated mole, each of them longer and full of interest as the ripening summer moved forward. He learned to swim and to row and entered into the joy of running water and then lay on the bank drying in warm sun while he listened to the whispering of the wind in the willows. That was episode one of The Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham, adapted by Paper Moon Theatre Company and produced by them in association with Artsound FM. It featured Elaine Noon as Mole, Geoffrey Borney as Ratty and Nigel Palfreyman as Otter. It was narrated by Nicky Hunter. <laughs>